The only thing better than reading about one of your favorite superheroes is reading about a bunch of your favorite superheroes all on the same team. That's right, superhero teams. They have a cool name, cool place to meet up. Sometimes they have matching outfits. It's like the Three Musketeers only with superpowers. On today's episode, the three of us talk superhero teams and why we love them. The Justice Society, the Justice League, X-Men, Avengers, Legion of Superheroes, the Inhumans, Guardians of the Galaxy, and yes, the Champions and the Defenders are in there as well. Superhero teams of all shapes and sizes. We discuss how early teams like the JSA differ from latter-day teams like the JLA or the Avengers, and we also cover some of the tropes and familiar aspects of superhero teams like rally cries and bickering and practical jokes, the occasional romance, and of course, the inevitable team breakup. And we end the pod with a question. Which team headquarters would make the coolest hangout spot? Is it the Hall of Justice, the Avengers Mansion, Xavier School, the Legion Clubhouse, or the Baxter Building? Anyway, Dwight, Adrian, and myself had a lot of fun having this conversation, and we hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. In thinking about teams, superhero teams, mm-hmm. you, you got your early teams, you know, your JSAs and your all winter squads and stuff like that. All winners. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I went I went, I went way back, yo. Day. Right? You got your uh you know, your latter day teams like your, you know, your JLAs and your Avengers, Fantastic Four, X Men, Legion, Titans, that kind of yeah. thing. Then you got your B teams. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets interesting. You got your Guardians of the Galaxies. You know, you're in humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman in the outside. The, the champions. Know. The champions. <laughs> X-Force, Blood, you know? X-Force, Blood Syndicate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. West Coast Avengers, Justice League Dark. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> wow. But um, I'm trying to think, like when I was a kid, I was attached to different superhero teams for different reasons. Mm. For instance... And I think you all will be able to relate to this. My favorite superhero team in terms of reading the characters was the X-Men. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. My favorite superhero team in terms of just iconic characters is the Justice League. Mm -hmm. My favorite team to read in terms of their adventures a lot of times was the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like I really like the Avengers and the, the, you know, and the things that they, you know, found themselves embroiled in. Mm -hmm. But in terms of a team that I wanted to join, like if I was 19 and I had superpowers, I wanted to be in the Legion of Superheroes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Because it, it was a bunch of teenagers, you know, we're hanging out in our clubhouse, you know, everybody's good looking and hot and got superpowers, you know, with some exceptions, yeah. you know. Right. Um, and it was kind of a no adults allowed kind of an environment, you know what I'm saying? It's all about teenagers. It's not about the grown folks. And, you know, we're just kind of doing our thing. So I connected with all of them. I know a lot of people tend to be one or the other or, you know, maybe in some cases either the Avengers or JLA as if it were some kind of a binary, which is mm-hmm. not. But, uh, but what were you all's first teams where you were like, oh, and, wh- and why do you think you attached to those specific teams? Well, first, let me say this, Swain. It's kind of funny you mentioned that, man, because uh, when you said Legion, Legion of Superheroes, I was thinking about you. was like, what would he call himself? Swain Lad? I mean, what would you? What would you? <laughs> Podcast boy. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, in that regard, what would, what, would you, what would your character be? Who would you be? What would you want to do? You put any um, thought to that? 
Well, put it this way. I always gravitated towards in the Legion. My favorite characters were Monel oh. and Ultra Boy. Okay. Because they were kind of like Superboy, but not quite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have the kryptonite thing to worry about. You didn't have mm-hmm. this, oh, my home planet died and I'm the last known survivor. I'm an I'm a stranger in a strange land. I'm an alien from you know, you didn't have any of that stuff really going on. Although you do kind of have it with Monel, because Monel is his cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, his cousin. But but you know, he, they had powers similar to Superboys, but not quite like Superboys. And they had more than one power. That was always kind of the Legion thing, is, is everybody basically had one thing. You know, Cosmic mm-hmm. Lad, you know, would do his thing and light uh, excuse me, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, you know, they all kind of did one thing. And then they mm-hmm. had flight rings. That was the other cool thing about the Legion, yeah. you know, as a yeah, team. They had flight rings. If you couldn't yeah, fly, yeah. we got you, yeah. dog. Exactly. Put on the flight ring and now you flying. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. That's so awesome. I thought That's that, that was that was great because, you know, it was a way to galvanize everybody. You know, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to have like, you know, bouncing boy riding on your back while you're trying to yeah. fly because he can't fly. Or, you know, <laughs> looking, you know, like Ace and Gary or something. You know, just nothing, you know nothing crazy. Yeah. It was just, you know, they, they compensated for each other. And they looked out for each other and they made room for each other. I kind of always mm-hmm. kind of dug that. And they had a clubhouse. It wasn't a headquarters or a lair. Or a spaceship like the Sentinel? Is it the Sentinel? The JLA? The, 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 just uh, the satellite. The Watchtower. Yeah, yeah, the Watchtower. The Watchtower. The Watchtower. It wasn't like the Watchtower. You know, they had a clubhouse. You know, it was mm-hmm. like a treehouse where you know. Okay. And I built treehouses when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as a teenager mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I kind of liked that idea of it. But but go ahead. What were what were you guys gonna? What were your, you know, connections? Oh. Well, for me. Um, when I got into the uh, hobby at the age of 13, you know what I'm saying, the, the biggest thing going around that time was mutants all day. So it was definitely X-Men for me, you know what I'm saying? But however, uh, as I quickly got into older back issues, I you know, started glossing on to the, um, the Titans. That was like some of the cheapest back issues that I was getting, like $2 a pop. You know what I'm saying? And, no, seriously, seriously, at the shop. And so I started getting into that stuff here and there. And I didn't come into, like, the Avengers and the Justice League until I'd say a few months, you know, into me being 13. Because, once again, mm-hmm. you know, it was cheap-ass back issues. Because in a mm-hmm. three-pack, in one of those infamous three-packs of comics... The middle book was a George Perez Justice League. It was issue 192. And the Justice League was squaring off against Dr. T.O. Morrow and the Red Tornado. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that right there, I think that and a couple other issues that I was getting at the time, you know, uh, cheap back issues, started cementing my love for like those old classic DC um, comics teams, you know, like the Justice League mm-hmm. and then. You know, you get like a uh, straight back issue with those hundred page spectaculars that reprint like golden age stories. So then you get like the Justice Society of America and you start mm-hmm. getting like, you know, seeing those stories. And that just really struck me, you know, at that age too, you know, where you're just wide open. So you see like this collection of heroes all on one team. They're all colorful. Um, they're doing cool stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And just on the economic sense, you feel like you get more bang for your buck when you get a team book. It's like, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I can go get a Superman issue. 
I can't even go get a Batman issue. But dang, I got all of them mm-hmm. in one issue. And then these old mm. back issues that are 100 pages. Wow. That that to me, yeah. when I was 13 like that, trying to stretch my little <laughs> my little yard and lawn cutting money, I was like, man, that's that's where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And but still, as a kid of that particular age, it was still X-Men for me. And then of course the image comics stuff as well. Which at my advanced age now, I realize now that a lot of those teams were just ciphers that those creators had left. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no accident that, mm-hmm. you know, Rob Liefeld created Youngblood. He just came from a team book of mutants, X-Force, you know, and New mm-hmm. Mutants. It's mm-hmm. no right. accident Sylvester, you know, his was Cyberforce. He just came from doing the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. definitely no accident that Jim Lee created Wildcats. He just came from doing X-Men, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At that at the age, it was like superhero teams were just so prevalent, you know what I'm saying, in my, you know, comic reading that yeah, I, I glommed on to them pretty pretty quickly, man. For sure. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I mean to, I mean to, to kind of piggyback what you said, Adrian, I, I agree, man. It's different ages of influence, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, I uh, of course, X-Men number one. Um, but the reason I, I liked the X-Men so much is because they were multicultural and because the fact that they had um, that danger room, that danger room turned me on, bro. They, they, when they, when yeah. they were trying to perfect their skills, man, as a team yeah. worked together, different situations, yeah. and they were throwing, yep. you know, one's getting beanbags thrown at them through, through some kind of projectile situation. Another guy's got, a, got, got, got some cutters coming at him. He's going, like, what do, you, do I go through the cutters? I'll just destroy them. And everything they did worked towards the other person, other teammate. So they had to work together and think about it before they did the, did, went through the process, you know? So I love yeah. that aspect of them. The danger room was a very real thing to me. And then, Another side of the thing was, as I was getting exposed to British comics mm. and to warrior comics, I, I wanted to be one of the war, Wartsmiths, yo. The Wartsmiths were these, these strange race of beings, man, that, that exist on the outskirts of what uh, they created as far as quality comics goes. And the Wartsmiths, had, they, they would go in between different um, other planets by just well, warping there, right? But they were, but they were conscientious. They were kind of like... They, they were, they were kind of like... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I remember now. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 were kinda, they were kind of like Avengers... In terms, of not not like the Avengers, but they were they they were vent they did event they they did scout scouting missions for these bigger, um um um, um watcher like characters, right? And they would go there and investigate, and they were mm-hmm. just like they this really great um um issue uh that Gary Leach did. Remember that Swain, where there's this, there's this, there's these creatures. I forget what they call them. They're like spider like, anthropotic type creatures, right? And and they were just they were, they were one of them had taken over a body of another of another being, and that was a no-no in that universe, right? And 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 Ward Smith, he just he just concentrated for a minute and he and crossed his arms and just split him into sections. Hmm. Yo. So it was like this, this, this visual like masterpiece. And Gary Leach was at his at his zenith as far as as far as illustration abilities go. Mm. It's like a, if I could be one of those kind of guys that walks around, goes around the galaxy and just kind of like 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 a police officer of some sort, not that I want to be a police officer, but it's the idea of, of carrying laws. Carrying laws and carrying um, some sense of of, of 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 discipline is always kind mm-hmm. of a thing I, I like in comics. Like there's there and 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 the greater parts of of the Avengers was that thing. You know, uh, the greater parts of the X Men was that thing. We had an ideal to uphold. So that's what I liked about my teams. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's funny you should talk about that D because you know I was talking about you know the different kinds of teams. You know, your you know the the early ones, then the latter day ones, and then the B mm-hmm. teams. And then you have 
superhero teams that feel like superhero teams, but they're kind of non-superhero teams. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you're describing with the Warp Smiths or like with the Green Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. more like a police force. Like you're saying that there are, mm-hmm. you know, there are rules. There's a there's a no, there's a, a a charge and a calling to it that mm-hmm. goes beyond just trying to be morally good and to try to mm-hmm. be benevolent or whatever. Right. Um, you have, you know, like the Legion of Super, uh, excuse me, the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. you know, which is not really a superhero team. It kind of is in a way, these kind of mythological, uh, you know, legacy characters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, throughout history. And even like S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Challengers of the Unknown. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Wow. Not quite superheroes, but kind of in a way. It feels like the same dynamic, but they don't necessarily have superpowers or mm-hmm. or whatnot. But um, one of the things about the early teams that I really caught, or and I caught this, you know, in in my in my where I'm reading as a kid was is, you know, all those characters tended to just be. Well, let's put them together just because we can, as opposed mm-hmm. to a reason for them to be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, later on, you find uh, more sophisticated writing where, um, you know, the characters are brought together for a variety of reasons, but not just because, hey, let's just join up forces, per se, you know, mm-hmm. um, and sit around a big conference room table mm. and, you know, and with a with a big banner in the back that says who we are, and you mm-hmm, know, and, mm-hmm, and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, which which was you know a bit lambasted in um in uh, in Watchmen, you know, with the uh, with the Minutemen, you know, right. kind of like uh, <laughs> ciphers for like the JSA or for Young Allies mm-hmm. or young uh, allies. you know stuff wow. you know stuff like that from the you know from the forties and the fifties, right. you know, this right. kind of corny, mm-hmm. and then like later on. Um, I think Stan Lee even uh, uh, corroborated this, that he created the Avengers as an answer to the Justice League because the Justice League came out first. Oh. Okay. And they were very popular. And so he put the Avengers together, but Stan put his spin on it. The Avengers were supposed to kind of be like the four Musketeers or the three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, and, um, and even with that, you know, like bringing Captain America into the modern Marvel era in the 60s, you know, thawing him from the ice and then having him join the team. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of this, you know, man out of time who's amongst these modern characters. And uh, Tony Stark's kind of got his own thing. The Hulk is, you know, the Hulk is the Hulk, you know. And then you have, uh, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, Thor. And they're ca- Thor, Thor, and, and, you know, Thor is kind of doing his own thing. And so they come together, but they're kind of like, it's kind of clumsy, in a mm-hmm. way, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth's mightiest but, heroes. Yeah, yeah, Earth's mightiest heroes. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, the, the, the clumsiest, the clumsiest section of those early stories is that that lineup that you know um, the Avengers eventually got to around like issues in the twenties through the thirties, maybe into the forties, right before John Buscema. I think I know. And you know, I know what you. I think I know where you're going. Don yeah. Heck. Uh, just that yes, fairy yes, tale, yes. Ju- that fairy tale Avengers. Like, I mean, yeah. what, the, what, what the hell kind of story are you supposed to have with Cap, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and the Swordsman? No, wasn't it, wasn't it Hawkeye? It might have been Hawkeye, but then the Swordsman comes think- up in there too, and it's like the Swordsman. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah. Just them stories, yeah. man. You want you want some you want some Night Quill on paper. Read them. You're, oh, man. <laughs> Be, that's better than a but turkey your point, sandwich, yo. Mm-mm. 
Right, right. But to your point, though, uh, and, and Swain can attest to this, back when back when that was a popular thing, um, there was the, the animated series they had, Marvel yeah. Superheroes Have Arrived. It was fire because 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 the audio version, the audio in the, in the video or an animated versus those characters, you know, as poorly animated as they were, it put a different level of, 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 of functionality to it. It made it more interesting, more engaging. So yeah, the swordsman was in there, and so was the enchantress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so didn't, was uh, huh? didn't uh, Ultron show up then? No, now we talking when oh, no, John no, Simmons no, no. shows up, but then that's okay. Black Panther shows up. Okay, now we're getting into it. Okay, these are the Avengers now. Okay. Here we go. Okay, right. I, during you, that era, that's when they had uh, the sleeper, wasn't it? Uh, the, yes, the, yeah, sleeper. the sleeper showed up in the Captain America. Sleeper has awakened. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and and, okay. and and the destroyer was a big deal. Back then too, the destroyer, not not not, not the, the the metal destroyer, the one that was in the first Thor movie. Yeah, but but they, they oh, I think they, you're right. On an anime right. series, they they fought, fought that they fought that character a lot. For Thor, yeah. Well, for Thor, right. but he was in Thor proper. He rarely crossed over to the Avengers. Right. But right, there was there was I, there, I remember some big metal robot that they did fight. But they always fought and a it big was just metal the robot. Four of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's nothing. And it was, it was just the four of them. But you're right; it was kind of a very weird time for mm-hmm. the because I was always like, "Well, what happened to it?" Was it was almost like you know the the villain storms the Avengers Mansion and they were the only ones who were home that day. <laughs> right. <And> so, <laughs> a bit of a school day. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, hey, oh, I, I can't. I can't answer the door. You know, look, Scarlet, Scarlet, that 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 big headdress that Scarlet yeah. wears. She, she actually had a satin bonnet on and a house coat. <laughs> She's walking around. Watching Price is Right. House chicken noodle soup. <laughs> she, had a, she had a hair wrap, yeah, yo. you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody walking around the Avengers Mansion chilling. Oh, wait a minute. What? Okay. All right. We got a fight. We got a fight. But, uh, where, where, where was but, Vision um, back was, then? Man? There, there was no Vision then, though. No, Vision was never animated. No, remember. That was Buscema's That came era. with Buscema. Like, yeah. it's like It's like when Buscema mm-hmm. comes and then Roy Thomas starts writing stories, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, here we go. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that, was, that, that was my lick right there. That, that mm-hmm. era was definitely mm-hmm. my lick. But, mm-hmm. um, other, other B teams, Young Avengers, Young Justice, Young All Stars, uh, Young All Stars, Infinity Incorporated. Like DC was replete with them. Infinity Ugh. Incorporated, Alpha Flight, Ugh. Alpha Flight. Hey, watch it! Hey, hey, watch it! Watch it! Watch he's it! Sensitive. He's sensitive underneath that arm right there. <laughs> tickle, tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 Don't talk about my Canadians. <laughs> right, 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 right. Thunderbolt, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Dang. You yeah. know, Birds of Prey came later yeah. on. Uh, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, Blood Syndicate, which, come on now. That shit sounds like a whack ass <laughs> 90s rap group, yo. Ice T and Blood Syndicate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, right? Right. Right now, one of them got a case that, 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 out there that, that you know, <laughs> I'm right. about to catch a case. Yeah, they, right. yeah. <laughs> they definitely, they wow. definitely were on some, on some, uh, on some, on a 90s hip hop. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. 
what makes somebody a group a team? What makes them a team? Like, do they have to officially agree to be a team in order to be one? Can they be considered a team without having an official name and an official anything of that nature? Uh, just to add a little, little, little fun to the mix, man, in regards to that, there's a song that goes, I might like you better if we slept together. I might like you better oh, if yeah, we yeah, slept yeah, together. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's a that's one of those things as far as team goes. I might like you better if we stuck together. I might like you better if we stuck together. And I think okay. I think teams are like that, man. They, they, there's, there's, there's a glue that holds them together that makes them stick together. If it's not like, for example, the most the most the, the first family of, of, of Marvel Comics being a Fantastic yeah. Four, they, they had right. a familiar they had a familial bonds. You know, it was right. if Johnny if Johnny and Sue dipped. There'd be no more, no more Fantastic Four. It'd be just Ben and Ben, ben and, and Reed, yeah. you know. Ben, ben and Reed, Reed. <laughs> like Cagney and Lacey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the weapon poster. You know, you know right? the fat, what was the, the the fat man and Mr. Jones or whatever, yeah, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, they, they, they call themselves the fat man. Call, damn. They, <laughs> right, right. They would, they would, they would, they would, they would just call themselves the, uh, stretching the boulder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, I think team dynamics um, are interesting, and what keeps them together, what makes them come together, is is like idealisms. Um, a lot of places, you know. Um, I think the fact that what made mutants so successful is they were always "quote unquote" the outcast. You know, so they because mm-hmm. nobody nobody understood them besides what Xavier provided for them inside of the school. So they felt this this camaraderie based on that. But other teams like like Inhumans, another B team, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they they were just like they were genetically like like like, like a lot like mm-hmm. each other, you know. But teams like um, the fan, fan like the Avengers, like why are they why are they together? I mean, you got this Thunder God, you got this millionaire Playboy, you got this 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 uh this uh, 1940s popsicle with a shield. You got, um, you know, you got this. I mean, he's much better than that. I'm just kidding. Especially when Chris Evans portrays him. Chris Evans just elevates Cap, man. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked we talk the other day. He did him right. He did him right. Yeah. We're talking about how, how, how poorly uh, Chris Evans was as far as other char- other things he's done as far as movies goes and characterizations and how um, how um, Fantastic Four was okay, but other stuff he did was been has been like kind of suspect, except for Snow Snowpiercer. Um, <clears throat> that you know he really pulled that off. He made Captain America believable. He made you like Captain America. He, you felt like okay, he's not just uh, waving the banner around like some kind of proud boy or whatever the case may be. He actually stands for something. Like when mm-hmm. he when he, take, when he takes that beating in the alley, he can do this all day. When he when he's fighting against the the ultimate odds, where he's the last man standing on the the crossroads of the of the infinite infinity war. And then you know, coming up on your left, coming up on your left type thing. It's like wow, mm-hmm. you you fell for him. He's gonna, he, he would have died at that moment, yo. He would have died on on his shield, yo. And that's the kind of warrior, yeah. that's the kind of kind of uh, um, um, heroism that, is, that goes beyond the superhero thing. But anyway, um, I, I digress. I guess my point is is that uh, teams um, when they come together, um, it's for various reasons. But I, when when they do, it's like you can. If the writing is done right and handled appropriately, it can really, really bring the entire level uh, of expectation and, and, and skills up, man, and, and mm-hmm. ideals up. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting to note that with the formation of the teams, um, I'd say post Stan Lee starting to write them, um, and especially in the 70s, 
there is usually a galvanizing force that brings them together. And it's that same galvanizing force, aside from the ideals of wet night, that holds them together. Like I always love the device when teams are formed where it's one character, usually shadowed, who approaches each member. Hey, come with us. We need you. But you don't see who it's revealed until all the members of the team have been. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. been approached. Yeah. You know. And then they're all mm -hmm. standing there in a foyer of this big old mansion or this headquarters like, what are you doing here? Bah, I don't need you guys. And they're all bickering and whatnot. And a voice says, stop. I brought you here for this one purpose. And this whoever it is, yeah. this benefactor <laughs> steps from the shadows. Right. It's like, my name is Professor Xavier. Uh, my name is so-and-so. And I brought you here because Nick the Fury. world needs yeah. you, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Yeah. It's yeah. characterization and the writer giving those various characterizations that becomes that galvanizing force or they collect around a single person like the Avengers, the galvanizing force that keeps them together is Captain America. He's the leader. Mm -hmm. Okay. They rally mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. Cap. He's the one that screams mm -hmm. Avengers assemble. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. we, we go to Cap. Okay. He's the Alamo. We get behind him. Uh, Professor mm -hmm. Xavier is the galvanizing force for the X-Men. We're all at this school together, this school for gifted youngsters, but secretly we're trying to also, you know, protect humanity, you know, at the same time, exactly, even though they, they hate <laughs> us, you know what I'm saying? But we're still right. gonna do what right. we want to do anyway, you know what I'm saying? And then as far as this Justice League, it's more like just the higher ideal of, hey, we just want to do good. You know what I'm saying? We want to make sure that the world is safe, you know? So there's always a galvanizing mm -hmm. force. But then you get into stuff like the Teen Titans. They all come together, and it's like these kids having adventures at first, but the galvanizing force for them becomes this familiar bond, this friendship, this family-like atmosphere that forms from their characterizations together. You know, they started out as, you know, sidekicks and teen heroes, but they become a family in, in a big way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, to go back to the, what you're saying about the, uh, like with the X-Men, you know, that image, come to me, my X-Men, you that, know? That <laughs> head, yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and then he sends out his, uh, you know, his 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 telepathic abilities and, and speaks to them. But right. Um, but to Dwight's point and both your points, the the in terms of what brings them together, it's funny because in, for every superhero team, not everyone, but for most of them, they have to have somebody who has money, right? A benefactor, right? Yeah. Somebody is funding it. Somebody's <laughs> funding it. It's either like for the Avengers, is you know, it's Tony Stark to a great extent, mm -hmm. you know. Bruce Wayne has money, you know, Batman, he's got money. And even for uh that weird version of uh the JLA, Maxwell Lord was kind of like the the benefactor or the figure behind a the sugar scenes, daddy. wasn't he? They need a sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 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 to the point though about the uh what brings them together. So it's like it could be common enemies like uh, Ultron. We mentioned Ultron earlier, or even like mm -hmm. the Nazis to some extent for the invaders. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, to have similar backgrounds, like what you're talking about with the Teen Titans and Young Justice, we're the younger heroes, and 
we kind of bond by you know shitting on the adults yeah. <laughs> or uh, or thun or thunderbolts. You know, we're all the children of uh, supervillains, right? Well, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're heroes. Mas- they're they're villains masquerading as heroes or anti. Yes. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, like villains masquerading as heroes. Mm. Um, alien invasions, like the scrolls, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, family connections, the Eternals, uh, the Inhumans, and Dwight mentioned the Fantastic Four, the first family of Marvel, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or a minority group, which is the X Men. Essentially, mm. like you talking about, you know, the, they want to protect humanity, but, you know, they're a minority group. You know, they hate us. They hate us because they ain't us. And then you got your outliers like your Doom Patrols and your Outsiders. And then the, there's actually another level, which is government funding, mm, which is like Alpha Flight mm. and Suicide right, Squad. Right. Where, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it's like the government puts them together. And if mm-hmm. anything's going to fall apart, it's going to be something that's funded by the government. Where it's like, okay. <laughs> Drain the swamp, yo. <laughs> yeah, yo, it's just, you know. Uh, because you just really, like what you all are kind of implying is, is you need more than just noble intent. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and, and if it's just noble intent, that'll only go so right. far. You need a connection beyond that, mm-hmm. which I think is why sometimes you have, you know, characters will leave the groups. Mm-hmm. Because they just don't connect with the uh, the ethics or the or the mores of the overall group. But one of the things I liked about that to that point, man, is I always like the idea of what Batman always did. Like Batman, Batman, I got cases of all you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Batman will always, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Batman, Batman had a contingency plan to do with everybody inside the JLA, yo. He he had he had like okay I trust you we're friends and stuff but I know it only goes so far at some point I have to make sure that humanity overall is not the most human of all you guys I have to make sure that humanity has an access point to where they can deal with you in case you get out of hand and mm-hmm. I like that about him but I, I was it was always the thing in my back of my mind too was like wow you are an untrusting motherfucker yo yes and it, like and the it, fact that it, he, go ahead I'm sorry I'm sorry good and the, and the fact that you know the fact that it, it you 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 embrace this group, but you're not really part of this group, but you're still like on the outside, like, you know, because I guess maybe because you're, you're, you're fundamentally a, a scarred human being what happened to your, your parents. I get, I get right, that would do right. that to you, you know? So maybe that's why he did what he did. But at the same time, it's like, wow, Bruce, it's like that. So, and that shit backfired on him too. There's a story in JLA from the 2000s called Tower of Babel, where the heroes okay. finally found out Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Batman got fouls mm-hmm. on all of us, and they're all looking. Right. They're all looking at Batman like, man, what the hell? Damn, for right. real, Bruce? For right. real? Right, right. And Bruce is like, right. man, hey, hey. In case Superman ever goes rogue, I know what to do. If you ever go rogue, John Jones, I got you. So don't be up here talking about acting shocked and shit when I come at your ass. <laughs> but but that but that made a riff for a while. It was just like, dang, mm-hmm. Bruce, man, you tripping, dog. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they they played upon that really well in uh in JLU, the animated JLU when Yeah. The que- yeah. When the question was like, well, like, you read our mail? I read everyone's mail. Dang, you know? that's not a question. <laughs> <Yeah. Yo>, <laughs> so here's, an, here's another question. Yeah. Uh, if it's just two members, is that a team or is that like a duo, like, like Das Effect? Dang, Holland, no show. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I'm thinking like the Wonder Twins. 
you know, Jan and, Z- Jan and Zayna, what they called? J- weren't they named Jan and Zayna? Sam and Jana, uh, some, yeah. Uh, uh, Aurora and uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Star North Star and Aurora. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they were together. They were kind of a duo for a minute. Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch and Pietro, they were kind of a duo for it's a minute. It's got to be three mm-hmm. or more to make a team, man. Otherwise, you talk about Captain yeah, yeah. and Neil and the Carpenters and all, man. <laughs> <laughs> but look, if it's, but see, if it's if it's only three of them, then it's like a power trio. Then it's like Nirvana, the police, <laughs> the police. <laughs> Damn, you consider me a so, younger. So you know, I almost wonder if you have to have at least a minimum of four to be a group. Like, what a, name a name a group of three that you think is an effective superhero team. Mm. The Thunderbolts. I don't think there is nah, one. Nah, the Thunderbolts. Nah, Thunderbolts always had no? more. Okay, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Most most superhero teams look more like they don't look like uh the Beatles. They look like uh uh the Earth Wind and Fire. fire. Yeah, <laughs> <when they're getting laughs> 14. <laughs> you know, you got four people playing horns, yeah. you got two right. keyboard players, two guitar players, a right. conga player, a dude playing percussions, drum I mean it. it's it's some of everybody on stage, uh, you know, it's at true. that point. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there are really any su- super successful like Hawk and Dove, maybe that's as a, a duo. Still a duo, right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, but no threes. I can't really think of I'm trying to think of a four, a foursome other than the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Well, well, like like the Avengers, they've had great adventures when it's just been at least four. The the bases got to be right. four or more. Most team mm-hmm. books have adventures that has to start with four members. Now, if it's the now if the threat is large enough or beyond them, then their next issue mm-hmm. they might be like, we need to call in so and so. We need to get so and so, and then they'll add to mm-hmm. that. At a minimum, right. you gotta have four to have a good team book adventure. Agree. Okay. Agree. Okay. Because okay. I mean, what happens is you're able to put people on different le- different legs of that adventure. Like when when uh, the X Men went to space, mm-hmm. right? There was there was four of them in that inside the shuttle, yeah. right? And then there was other ones that were left back on Earth, back at the ma- back at the mansion. So when they didn't come back, there was there was this whole thing where okay, we're dealing with the reality, of what death is, and and how do we go on from there? You know, and and mm. they. And that was an interesting. That was an interesting dichotomy in terms of you know new developments and, and old ones kind of being flip flopped and juxtaposing each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. At least at least okay. at least four. Okay, so more questions then. Mm-hmm. If it's a superhero team, do they have to have a headquarters or a lair where they meet up? That's one. <laughs> and then two, do they have to have group transportation? So you know you got your twin jet. <laughs> You know, uh, not public got the, transportation. Got the, group got the, transportation. Got the, got the flight rings, you the, though. You got the flight rings. You got the Blackbird for the X Men, yeah. and even the Fantastic Four had that flying bathtub. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, so it's called a, a fantastic car. So leave it alone. It was a the, great car. Fantastic car. It was a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be real, yo. Especially for Ben. Especially for Ben. It was a bathtub for Ben, yo. Yeah, that side of the Fantastic Car was always leaning because he's too heavy. <laughs> but but do they have to have a place to meet up? Because I wonder, like some of the B teams, you know, obviously the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they have Peter Quill's ship. Um, but you know, other 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 groups, you know, like Birds of Prey, did they have? I guess Oracle had her little 
you know, her little laboratory lair with all her computer screens Up and stuff. Right. Black, yeah. But did they have an actual meetup spot? Did the Defenders have a Defenders headquarters? And, like they met up at, Mac, you like know, they met up at McDonald's, Joe. They're like, man, where Angel at? Oh, here you go. He pulling in now. You see Angel car pulling up to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> like, We're going to meet up at McDonald's. <laughs> We're gonna meet right? up at McDonald's off of Cannon Road in uh, in two eighty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, over, over, over Piccadilly and Morrison's yard. Yeah, yeah, Piccadilly. I'm gonna be driving a I'm gonna be driving a, a blue Chevy a, a blue Ford Explorer, yo. Right? <laughs> oh boy, but to your but seriously to your question though, I think you have to have group transportation because all of these elements are iconic and. Um, they profess familiarity with the reader. Like, everybody knows what a Quinjet is. So outside of the Avengers, mm -hmm. you know, other characters in other books are like, oh, here comes a Quinjet approaching now. So then you know the Avengers mm -hmm. are crossing over to this book, you mm -hmm. know? Same mm -hmm. thing with, mm -hmm. like, the X-Men and the Blackbird. All seven mm -hmm. X-Men are going to fit in the Blackbird, and they just chilling, riding to San Francisco, mm -hmm. wherever they going on this adventure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, right. yeah, so you need that. And the same thing for headquarters, too. I mean, probably the most famous is the Hall of Justice. You know what I'm saying? In the Hall of Justice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You got to have a headquarters. You got to have some type of yeah. clubhouse or meeting place for the heroes to gather. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a it's a character in the book itself. Mo in most cases, we're gonna meet at the Hall of Justice. Mm -hmm. We're gonna meet at the Watchtower. Mm -hmm. We're gonna meet at Xavier's Mansion. You know, wherever mm -hmm. that meeting place is, the Baxter Building for the Fantastic Four. You know, mm -hmm. so these are all elements that have to be in place. Um, perhaps maybe not necessarily these days, but in classic team books, those elements had to be in place to effectively have a great team book, you know? Indeed. Mm -hmm. even, even Titans had, had Titan Tower. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think um, one of the interesting things, too, about that, Adrian, is that, um, um, like, if you look at it from a kind of a quote-unquote realistic perspective now, it's like, okay, putting these characters in the real world as they are, want to be because their movies and IPs are so successful. Mm. It's like, do we really want everybody to know where Stark Tower is, Avengers Tower is? It becomes a thing where, okay, now we can assault that. That was addressed in, that was addressed in a Iron, Man, uh, Iron Man 3, I thought really well, where it's like, okay, he, he's like, okay, come on, Mandarin, you're talking that ish, I got you. You come, you come, to, come to, to, to the island where I, where I, where I am, and I, I, I dare you to come here, I dare you to come here. Well, he came here, he damn near killed Pepper and your ass at the same time, mm. you know? Mm. Where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, if, if everybody knows where you are in, a, in, a, in one concentrated place, it gives them a target to pinpoint. If they take out one of you, that's just as good as taking out like a group of you because it, it, if you <laughs> truly are a team and you work together, it does affect your response. Like if, if, if they know Adrian, Dwight, and Sway are all in the same place at one time and the idea is to take those guys out, mm -hmm. then they could, they could do that effectively. And, it's, and, yeah. and, they, and they, they, now they've humbled your team. Now they made you think twice about coming together as a, as a, as a group. You know what I mean? But you know what, what's, what's so, so great about that too? The D, some of the best team stories come from where the villains get fed up and they invade mm -hmm. the headquarters of those teams. Yeah. Seriously. Like yeah. I can clearly yeah. think about the number of times, of course, where you know a villain, like Annalis, like every year, like you can set your watch by it. Reed was going to open a negative zone like a dumbass <laughs> once a year, and Annalise was going to jump out <laughs> right, right. and wreck shot. Right, right. Uh, right. Galactus was going to come once a year, too, 
and him and Silver Surfer. You see Silver <laughs> Surfer gliding in. Oh, shit. Here we gliding go. In. Oh, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> oh, Reed, go get that another fight, dog. <laughs> yep. And even, even the Avengers Mansion got laid waste many times. Many, many and those times. Are, and they rebuild yeah. it. They get laid waste and those again. Are great yep. stories, like, especially those like Avengers stories where they almost nearly get killed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At the mansion. Mm-hmm. Great stories, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Love I it. agree. I agree. Let's talk, you, Adrian, you mentioned earlier about rally cries. Let's talk about some of the some of the tropes yes. of a superhero team because there are things from a classic sense, like you said, that you do kind of look for in terms of, you know, some kind of unified transportation for the group and then also a headquarters. But, like, rally cries was a big thing Back in the 60s 70s, and 70s yeah. and, and really going into the 80s, probably grew, fell out of favor in the, in the 80s and 90s when things got a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, Avengers Assemble, right. you know, X-Men United, yeah. right. uh, Titans Together. Yes. Uh, another one I liked, <clears throat> and it wasn't quite a, a team rally cry, but uh, what Thor with four Midgard. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know? right, right. right. <laughs> And uh, and stuff like that. But uh, what are some of the other tropes that you guys can think of where and I mean, like getting all the way into it in the sense of. Like, for instance, Alien, uh, Adrian, what are the traditional roles Mm. within a prototypical superhero group? You have to have the character who can do this, yes. who can do that, the character who represents this, that. What 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 are the what's the template? I'm going to say this and. I, I, I don't think people give enough credit to this guy, um, but Chris Claremont really set up the template for teams going forward. He did. That postmodern team. <laughs> because everything follows that X-Men template, that new X-Men template. You got the big guy that has to be on the team, the, 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 the strong arm. You know what I'm saying? That's Colossus. Mm-hmm. You got to have a Colossus on the muscle. team. Exactly, exactly. The big man. You have to have the hot head, mm-hmm. the rebel, because the kids, kids love like 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 that rebel type guy, you know, a rebel type gal. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be him or her, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You have to have that that wild mm-hmm. card, if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have to have the the leader. It's like who's like the father in a way. Like man, dad always telling me to do this, but grudgingly, yeah, he kind of right. Yeah, you right. All right, all right, but. But kind of an asshole too, in a way, you know, where it's like, "Fuck, we listening to him?" Exactly. For? Like, then, <laughs> why are we listening to yeah, her? Yeah, in the midst of battle, like, I don't think we should do that. Listen to what I say. We're gonna hit him hard and hit him fast. Get your ass over there. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you also, right. And, and even like, like in Justice League, where, you know, you could say, I don't guess Superman is really the leader of the Justice League. He's certainly the most powerful. But they rally behind mm-hmm. him. You know what I'm saying? It's like they rally behind him, but to a certain extent, Batman and Wonder Woman are really the leaders of the group. They're the best strategist, the best fighters, the best thinkers. She's a warrior, a trained warrior, and a trained trained in battle. So, really, if they're going to work together as a unit, you know, she's really the one who should be leading that. And if there's somebody who should really be thinking like three steps beyond. It really should be Batman because he's always thinking three steps beyond. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But it's also mm-hmm. like, it's like it's like a platoon, if you will, a platoon of soldiers. You know, you do have the, the the sergeant or the lieutenant who leads the crew, and they have various disciplines that 
will inform the lieutenant of this. You got a communications expert. Hey, I'm trying to get, mm -hmm. you know, uh, headquarters online, you know, or I, I'm a better scout. We should go this way. So even mm -hmm. though Superman or even Captain America aren't necessarily, you know, experts in all that stuff, they will listen to the other members, inform them of what's, you know, what's best, mm -hmm. and then they'll make the decision accordingly. You know, but but lastly, to finish out to finish out what you were asking, Swiss, uh, going along that uh, yeah. Claremont template, you do have to have um, someone who represents some type of mystical force, if you will. This is Phoenix. This mm -hmm. is Raven on the Teen Titans. Somebody who is barely in control of these, you know, massively powerful forces that are barely being held back from this other place. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. you can set your watch by it, those forces are going to come to bear when the team least expects it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, mm -hmm. you have the, and I hate to put it like this, but it's such a trope. You have um, the one female member who has some type of defining weakness and they will display it every four to five issues. Uh, Storm, claustrophobia, um, got Raven. She's gonna go nuts. You know, she. I can't. I can't handle it. Ah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and there's a couple of male characters too that have that as well. So I shouldn't just put it on the females. But you'll have that one character who who is immensely powerful in their own right, but they have this crippling phobia, this crippling mm -hmm. character flaw that. You know, they have they can never seem to get past, even though they are powerful mm -hmm. in their own right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead, D. And, and okay. Raven and the Titans, to some extent, suffering from some kind of almost like PTSD based on yeah. growing the up father. with what is essentially an abusive demonic father. The damn, right? right. You, know, uh, <laughs> right. you know, so. But what were you going to say, uh, yeah. D? No, no. I mean, you make great points, man. I think that's that's definitely where where it is, man. It's it's um, uh, Chris Claremont. Uh, set such a path for people to follow, man. Um, in terms of simply these 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 tropey dynamics that just make sense, they always pay off in the end. It's like you know, mm -hmm. you know exactly where these character arcs are headed, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes they collide and mix together. And and the beauty mm -hmm. of that mix, that malaise, if you will, uh, uh, um, makes things like like that much more juicy, man. In the end, you know, like mm -hmm. when 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 um, when uh, Mastermind has been tampering with uh, Jean Grey for so long, till she cracks in terms of, in terms of the, the 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 black the black queen. Oh my God, yo! Oh my God! Mm -hmm. And she's in a, she's on the Florida Hellfire Club, and she fries she fries Scott. Yeah, and he and that, that's her beloved. That was a that was a whole nother level of of, of yeah. storytelling there, man. Whole nother yeah. level of storytelling. Um, when uh, Colossus is 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 tampered with in his mindset, and he's he's and he, and he changes into this uh, character called the Proletariat. Yes. And mm -hmm. proletarian, and 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 arcade's messing with him. He's beautifully illustrated arcade uh, organics and, and and functionality was in there. The the funhouse yeah, mirrors. The, 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 the oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Nailed it, Joe. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. When 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 um when when Proteus when they went when he went to uh, uh, Ireland or Scotland, whatever, and, and, Muir, and Muir Island, Muir Island whatever, yeah. and Proteus takes over, and he and he, and he causes Wolverine to doubt himself and 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 and, and dig in with his claws, and it's like, you know, only thing that saved him, I guess, who, who saved him? That was it. Was it? Um, who, who saved them from for certain destruction? It was, uh, I think maybe it, 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 was, who, who it, was, it was Colossus because Colossus had Colossus, to do. He touched him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
because Colossus had to had to kill Proteus. Or, organic steel. He had to punch right, yeah, him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And that was that was just, that was just a perfect example of his teamwork in, in in order, man. Even down to the smallest thing that he did with the fastball special. Yes. You know what I mean? Was 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 yeah. Colossus throwing, throwing throwing Wolverine and everybody else? Like I was like, that's a brilliant, a brilliant strategy. It works. You know, yeah. until it doesn't in the movie, he's just like, okay, yeah, well. Yeah, that don't kind of, no, so, no. <laughs> until yeah, until no, the sentence no. says, yeah. shoot. It's like, right, right? I just, a little, I just a little bit of steel in your diet. Damn. Damn. What is it? A little bit of, a little, a little bit of iron. A, a, a little right. bit of iron in your diet. Right, right? Which is, which is, I which thought is about great. in terms of those uh, traditional roles, uh, and these are kind of versions of what you talked about, Adrian, and then also maybe slightly different too, but uh, but you see, like you said, you rightly point out that Chris Claremont and John Byrne actually set this template. Mm-hmm. And I remember like all of the teams that kind of came after the X-Men were trying to be the X-Men. Yep. You know, all of the teams that the image creators that you mentioned earlier that they created were all kind of versions of the X-Men or the Avengers or uh, or some or some some combination of the two. But um, you also have uh, you were talking about like like the one who's too powerful. Yeah. Um, like a brooding outsider who kind of begrudgingly joins the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funny one, the, the jokester. I don't know if you mentioned oh, the jokester. No, no. You know, you somebody right. who's kind of kind of the clown. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, somebody who with a past. Mm. Mm-hmm. Somebody with a mysterious past that they're not kind of being forthcoming about. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the team kind of finds out, oh, you worked for so-and-so or you're the the son or the daughter of so-and-so, or you, you killed so-and-so. Why didn't you tell us this? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely have that stuff. Another, uh, another really good trope is, is, is someone leaves the group and decides to go it alone. Oh man. Oh yeah. So, you know, yeah. Thor did that, you know, I'm going back to Asgard, you know, right. I'm not hanging out with you guys anymore. Yeah. Right. Uh, Wonder Woman did it when she goes back to she leaves the uh, Justice League and goes back to Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkman goes back to uh, uh, what's the name of the place Hawkman's from? Uh, Kansas, I Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> I think it's I think it's Thanagar. Thanagar. Anyway, Hawkman. Hawkman oh, yeah, loves Hawkman. Okay, Hawkman. okay. Yeah, he, I thought it was Hawkeye. Sorry, Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and then a powerful team member, like kind of what you were saying, well, like with Jean Grey or with Raven, a powerful team member is under an evil influence, and then the rest of the team has to fight them. Mm-hmm. You know, like Superman has had that happen where he was he got under the influence of a uh, Mongol. Mongol gave him that plan. He was all messed up in the head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Phoenix, you know, where they had to finally they had to go to space and then you know battle the Imperial Guard and then ultimately battle Dark Phoenix and then she ultimately dies. And um, yeah. but one of my one of my real favorites is the inevitable superhero team breakup. Yeah. Okay. You know, where it's got to be like Titan. Is this the end of the Titans or right. X Men no more? And you know, they <laughs> yeah. they have to walk away. Or you know, in the case of a government group, we've lost our funding. You know, they cut off my EBT. Goddamn. And you know what I loved about those issues too is inevitably the cover is one or two more characters walking with their duffel bags walking away. All right, I'm out, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
Man, I mean, not to add to that, man, I, I thought about another another really good uh, trope that doesn't occur, occur too often, but Jim Starlin executed perfectly well the the the, um, the unwilling teammate trope. Whereas, like, okay, so you have you have Adam Warlock, who was teamed up with friggin' Thanos, really, and then with Pip, and then with Pip and Gamora, they worked as a team because they're trying to show Warlock's future self. Was who was obviously become this distinct this character called the Magus Magus. I like I like Magus better than Magus, but it was it was. It, but it, but it, but it was a, but it was a, it was a, it was a it was a weird situation because that was the first time I had ever been faced as a, as, a, as a child or as a young man reading comics where you're trying to defeat your darker future self. It was mm-hmm. weird, man. But and and the way the way it turned upon us, way it turned upon itself was that Thanos was out for himself ultimately, and he he was never truly out for the the team that was supposed to be him and Warlock and 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 Gamora and mm-hmm. and and Pip. It was never like that. It was all about him. Taking care of what he, he, what he, what his manifest destiny was, which was to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, garnered by death that he loved so much. You, you know? know, and that's so. that, that's a very familiar trope, D. I'm glad you brought that up because that that mm-hmm. would be what I would call yeah. like the unlikely bedfellows trope. Especially, I love those mm-hmm. stories where the hero has to grudgingly team up with the their sworn villain. You know, because mm-hmm. the villain has given them a compelling reason as to why they must. But the villain still has an ulterior motive. So the whole time they're, they're trying mm-hmm. to battle out this other threat, but you know the villain is gonna mm-hmm. double cross that hero. Like, ha! We mm-hmm. finally got here to the cosmic cube. And then Captain America's mm-hmm. like, I got it. And then Red Skull just swipes it. Thank you, Swinehund. Now it is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love those stories. I love those. Oh, that's a beauty yeah, of comic show. Yeah, man. But but you know Pretty the stuff. thing that you point out that's so interesting about that is it's more typically going to be the hero approaching the villain mm. than it will be the villain approaching the hero right. per se. Right. I don't want to do this. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. No, it'd be the villain approaching the hero as opposed to the hero approaching the villain. Because if the hero approaches the villain, you know you have to write the villain as if the villain cares about something other than their own selfish gains. Which, mm-hmm. if they're a well-written villain, that would be the case. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, if the villain comes to the hero, you know the hero is full of nobility and morality and ethics and cares, and so the the villain can can um, exploit that mm-hmm. in the hero. But that's a harder trait to exploit within the villain if it's a poorly if it's a poorly written and, villain. And, and, right? and it just mm-hmm. makes for a more uh, compelling story too, because you know to open a door one day at the X Mansion and to see Magneto standing there, so they're already at the ready. And he's like, "No, X Men, I'm here because I need you." You know, we need to join forces mm-hmm. for this other threat or whatever the case may be. Always makes for a compelling plot device for sure, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, I know Dwight is not a fan of the X-Men movies, but in X2, I really liked the idea that the good the good mutants had to join up with some of the bad mutants because there was a common yeah. threat. And they had no choice but to join forces. And within their joining forces, you see why them actually being on any kind of, in any kind of a unified front for longer than a few issues or you know the course of of a half of a movie is untenable it's just mm-hmm. not possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know ultimately you know magneto who has a point we are gods walking amongst ants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why are we trying to act like these ants are like us and are on our level they are not yeah. <laughs> we are the next step in human evolution we are homo superior beyond homo sapien we Love need that, to see yeah. ourselves as that, yo. That, and I think that's one of the things that they they really got right with the uh, with the writing of uh, Ian McKellen's character. But mm-hmm. a couple other tropes that I kind of found is um, 
superhero team dynamics are always kind of fraught with personality conflicts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Johnny and Ben in the early days were always battling and, you know, Johnny mm-hmm. was always playing, you know, pranks on yeah. Ben and Ben hated his ass, mm-hmm. but kind of loved him at the same right, time. The family. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, Scott and Logan, because they were both running after the same girl and, you know, uh, you know, so there was, there was conflict there. Yeah. And then you have like the occasional romances that pop up mm-hmm. within a superhero team because again everybody's in great shape, everybody's good looking and <laughs> powerful and you know right. and, 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 and virile and, and fertile and ready to go. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Adrenaline right. and hormones are pumping. You know, so <laughs> right, right. You know, you, you got good Peter in spandex, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you got Peter and Kitty. You wow. got uh, Midnighter and Apollo. You have uh, John Stewart and Vixen. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, these yeah, romances yeah. that pop up. And then we talked about this on the other episode, uh, the buddy cop friendships that, that emerge. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Garth and Vic and the Teen Titans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donna and Corey in the Teen Titans as well. They actually kind of took on like kind of like a Cagney and Lisa <laughs> kind of a dynamic uh, for a while there. And even on the TV show, they actually go on an adventure together and they actually get that kind of buddy cop vibe going uh, between the two of them. And then also, this is one I hadn't thought about for a while, but it but uh, Hank McCoy and Simon Williams, Beast and oh, Wonder Man. Of course, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember yeah. they would they would hang yeah. out together and kind right. of kind of run the streets, so run to the speak. Street. Yeah, you know, <laughs> 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 oh man, that's hilarious. But, man, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just this is this is a little 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 perverse, you know, um, um, sidebar in there. There's a thing where uh, the idea, the concept idea behind, behind Peter and Kitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was she was a little young. She was supposed to be what 14, 15? Yeah, Peter was nineteen, right. going on twenty. He was nineteen, right. so he was a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah, you know. Right. But his name is. Of course, now she was probably more mature than he was because he was always kind of like the gullible, yeah, the gullible, innocent, you know, the, the naive, callow, innocent, right? you know. Yeah, you right, know. right. Yeah, but I mean, the idea of of, of Peter, a Peter. And a kitty. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Damn, D. Damn, D. You know what I mean? Come I mean, on, D. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Really? Is that what you guys are saying? Uh, <laughs> I mean, perhaps I'm just stretching a little far there, you know, as, as one wants to do. A little Fantastic Four reference You're just kind of clawing at the truth, a little X-Men reference there. <laughs> Man, shot in the dark, little Cyclops <laughs> reference there. <laughs> hey, man, be, be, before before we close it out, before we close it out, uh, I did I did want to bring mm-hmm. up one point that I mentioned to you guys uh, before we started recording. Okay, okay. Um, as okay. far as like team books, in, in actuality, like like in the real world, um, the production of team books, uh, there are a lot of comic book superstars, quote unquote, if you will, that really came to prominence mm-hmm. doing team books like that was their ticket to superstardom if you will for sure and, for sure <laughs> excuse me and really over the past decades it's not so much that way anymore it hasn't been that way since the 90s if you will but mm-hmm. the kingmaker mm-hmm. the quote-unquote the kingmaker has always been uncanny mm-hmm. x-men and again i gotta go back to john byrne drawing X-Men. Even though Dave Cockrum drew the new X-Men, it was when John Byrne took over that X-Men became like that plateau that every artist wanted to get onto. 
you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For the royalties, mm -hmm. for the, <clears throat> the, the prestige, and to draw those characters, to do their version of those characters. Because really, once mm -hmm. you did X-Men, that was your passport. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much. You was, you was yeah. straight. I mean, think about yeah. it. Yeah. John Byrne, once he did it, boom. Cockman tries to come back. And, you know, it has a, has a resurgence in popularity a bit, but nothing like John Byrne. Like, the specter of John Byrne just loomed. You know what I'm saying? And then you got your mm -hmm. boy. You got your boy, D. Paul Smith. You got your boy. Hey, hey, yeah, put that yo. thumb, nah, up. Put uh, that thumb uh, back uh, up. Uh, All the way thumbs up. up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> but, <laughs> nothing can stop him from fucking shit up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking shit up. <laughs> fucking shit up. Damn, yo. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He was no, confident, you good, man. man. You good. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of teen books, it seemed like, and DC had their version of it. Um, George mm -hmm. Perez was getting to be a budding superstar at Marvel before he goes over to DC. But once he touches the Teen mm -hmm. Titans and then, you know, subsequently. Game over. Just sleep. Mm -hmm. Oh. Game over. <laughs> That's it. So I don't. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know what it is about that the team books, you know. But if you look at every, almost every single superstar, even within the last 20 years, it's because they've touched the team book. You know, Rob mm -hmm. Liefeld, uh, Mark Silvestri, um, most mm -hmm. of those image guys, there are a couple that they don't do team books. McFarlane said, mm -mm, fuck that team book shit. I ain't, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. Right. But for the most part, everybody else, Lee, Silvestri, Liefeld, um, numerous other people who have touched the X-Men, you know, mm -hmm. they become superstars, you know. And I was trying to think, could y'all think of any other examples to where you know, aside from X-Men or even within the X-Men, where there have been superstars that became so because of team books. I think uh, to your point earlier, I think anybody that touched like um, this one touched the uh, um, um, uh, Legion of Superheroes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they, they became superstars, yeah. you because know, it's something about that multiplicity, you know, handle that many different characters, you know, um, and, and that many diverse different characters shows your level of, of, of talent, level of ability to be able to function in that. that it's, it's a crowded field to play in, man. You're right. Everybody yeah. gets, you know, gets, gets a chance to play in it. So Yeah, because Mike Mike. I Grill. would think uh, yeah. certainly Buscema kind of became the Buscema that we knew and loved when he did Avengers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, definitely you mentioned George Perez. As far as X-Men, I mean, Cassidy was kind of a... He, he was, was Pretty it. much a star yeah. from... He was mm -hmm. kind of a star from Planetary, but when he did Astonishing, like that, <laughs> that took it there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stuart Eminem, didn't he do X Men for a while? Mm -hmm. No. Or am I thinking about, nope, not Stuart Eminem. Um, Stuart Eminem, he did Avengers. Bachalo? Uh, Bachalo, yes. He did Avengers. And Bachalo changed his style from a Vertigo guy. And when he got on the X Men, he was like, man, fuck that Vertigo shit. Let me get on my Michael Golden. And then, pew, he became a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Madarera. Touched the X-Men. The man's, yo. Yeah, the Joe Mad. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been some um, there's been some misfires where it was like, no, nah, nah, that ain't you. No. Nah. Mm -mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But even mm -hmm. even somebody like Adam Hughes kind of rose to prominence on that short Avengers, uh, excuse me, Justice League ha yeah. era. The Brahaha era. Cause because he would do, he could, you know, he was a very good artist, he was a very good illustrator. But he would also use facial expressions and use, you know, physical comedy 
for these characters, and it really added a different dimension to it. And some of that, I think he got from, you know, that Keith Giffen era. Yeah, Kevin McGuire. Um, Kevin yeah, McGuire. Kevin McGuire. Yeah. so much to all, it, yeah. All of, all of them kind of doing that. But I do think that there is some truth to people working on teen books, and there is something about the teen book that kind of launches them, you know, to another place. Like even... Uh, Bart Sears, yo. Yeah, he did Justice League. Um, yeah, Justice League International, yeah. yeah. Bart Sears. And even like um, Walt Simonson, who can do anything. Mm. Mm. But, you know, he did, I remember he did like some Metal Men stories, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were really cool. And then, of course, he did, uh, uh, was it Avengers Teen Titans, the, the team? No, nah, it was. I mean, the uh, Justice League. X-Men. Teen Titans X-Men. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, where it was just like, wow, yeah. wow, mm-hmm. you know, this guy, he, this guy's killing Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's there's definitely some truth to it, but uh, last question for you guys. Yeah. And this is, this is a personal question, but it's a fun one. Okay. Which superhero team headquarters do you think would make the coolest hangout spot? Hmm. Is it the Hall of Justice? The Watchtower? Is it Avengers Mansion? Is it the Baxter Building? Is it the Legion Clubhouse? Is it Xavier School? Is it Titans Tower? What would be the coolest, funnest place to hang out? In other words, you know, when you're not fighting supervillains and flying all over the planet and saving the world or whatever, they've got the dopest cafeteria. They maybe got an arcade or a video game area. You know, they've got the the the, the most luxurious quarters, the nicest pool. Um, it's just the coolest place to chill and hang out and be with your homies. Mm. I, I'd have to say, I'd have to say, um, the movie version of the Stark Towers that's moved out to the suburbs would be the coolest place to live, man. Because it's got, you know, it's got like, it's got like, you know, the laid out area. It's got the place where the team meets, whatever. But it's just, it's it's off the beaten path. It's not like in the in the in the middle of the city. You know, it's got you know, it's got those 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 stark you know technical levels to it. I'm sure he's got like a good 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 dining up in there. You know what I'm saying? He's he's he's, he's fixing fixing pepper pots, a a nice little steak on the plane. You know, so you know, so you know he's got like a nice little uh, uh, Italian dish on the plane. So you know he's got like culinary you know uh, appointments in there, culinary uh, areas we can do things. You know, so I, I would I would pick that with a strong leaning towards maybe the Avengers Mansion. Mm. The other, okay. uh, the, 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 the comics, you know. Okay. Okay. I don't, want to, X, I don't want to be an X-Mansion, because X-Mansion X is always kind of, you know, it's always got some creepy shit going on there, bro. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you make... <laughs> yeah. 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 It was kind of like a haunt. It's kind of like a haunted house, yeah, yo. Yeah. It kind of is, yo. It kind of is, yo. It's like is it? They just hear son always is down it? the hall. Told him, boom, 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 boom. Right? Is it right? Is it? Is it? Is it? Look, is that? Is you that? Is go that? pick it out of your door with your stocking cap on your head and your lantern. Right. Right. <laughs> right. What's that? Right. What's that? Right. right. And, and you got you got all, you got all those all those young mutant students hanging out around the corner, brother. You know what they're gonna look like? And one with a big eye and whatnot, and, and, and one buck tooth and whatnot. And you're like, you, you are kind of you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right this is a, yeah. You, you want to be able to walk around in like a t-shirt and some boxes and not bump into like some slime or something. Like who the hell yeah, is yo. this? What is going on? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Now, what is that? 
what is that? What is that smell? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, slime boy. Nasty. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> man. You know? Acceptance is one thing, but but living with somebody like that is whole other conversation. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man, man. For me, it would probably be the um, it would probably be the Watchtower, man. I mean, just you go up there, it's quiet. Man, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I chill up there when it's just stuff down here getting to be too much. Man, man y'all doing too much. I'm out. <laughs> and yep, just yep, chill up yep. there. It's dead silence. You can't hear nothing in space. Yep. You just feel that chill. You ain't even doing nothing. You ain't even, you're not even monitoring the earth. You got the TV turned off and you just chilling. Just, man, I just need to think for a second, yo. Now. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, I'm tempted to say the Watchtower too for that exact same reason. You know, you're, you're miles above the earth. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. You're separate from all of the chaos and all of the, the, you know, the uh, countries fighting each other and war, all that stuff. You just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've physically removed yourself from all of that chaos. Yes. And you just, you, like you said, you're just chilling. And, you know, they probably have all the same stuff that they have at the Hall of Justice. You know, mm-hmm. a dope cafeteria and, a, you know, a gym to work out. And, you know, so, you know you can swim and, you know, and, and nice, luxurious quarters to, you know, to relax in or, and, you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. And then they got the costumes of deceased heroes hanging in glass cases you can walk around. Like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Every headquarter got to have that. <laughs> wow. A reminder of our past failures. Right? Wow. <laughs> Man, okay. Speaking of that, this whole other conversation, or, or, uh, you know, who's got more bodies in the closet than Batman, yo? Damn, that is kind of true. Day. He be tough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you mean? He's, Explain. He's, 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 got, he's, got more, he's got more dead sidekicks than anybody I can think of, bro. Well, there's really just one that he really kept pining for. Jason Todd. I thought he had two. No, nah, just one. Okay, I thought it was Drake and another. Jason and another. Todd is the only one that died. Right. right? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But now he's right. not even okay. dead okay. anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Convenient? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it feels like more than one. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think I would say, I think I would probably say, yeah, uh, the Watchtower would be cool or going back to the Legion Clubhouse. I think the Legion Clubhouse mm. would be cool. Um, Xavier School, eh. Titan's Tower would be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, to be in a T-shaped building, <laughs> you know. You know, Titan's, Titan's Tower would be fun. The Baxter Building would only be fun because it's in New York. Two. You know what I'm saying? It's just... But it's it's like D was pointing out earlier. It is the freaking target of targets. That's what I'm saying. How many times do people go? Well, let's. We know where they are. They're at the Baxter Building. If they're not <laughs> yeah. there, we, just, we can just wait on them. <laughs> Too close to knowledge, yo. Like you got the negative zone behind them, but steel doors, and it just the steel doors just sitting there waiting. And you know, right. every time you walk by, read the lab. Yeah, like it's barely contained. D, like you see them stories. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Like a boogeyman in there and stuff like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. Nihilist, yo, and damn, oh hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, you know, Nihilist and Blastar, yo. Blastar. Like, come on. This shit sound like a damn rapper, yo. <laughs> Godly, yo, it's this Guru and Blastar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out. <laughs> Blastar. Friday. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. Think about seven that one day. Blast off. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, man. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.